Hello, and you're listening to Let's Drone Out. And special thank you to our lovely patrons that help donate so that we can pay the editor to remove the swear words and silly things we say. Massive thank you to... Carlos Campos. Art Faulkner. Sam Dharma. On with the show. Let's Drone Out. Hello, we are live. It's LDO. It's episode 376. Yes, we're still going and edging ever closer to 400. You will notice we are down to the dynamic duo tonight because some idiot has asked Jack to be his best man. And, uh, you know, he gets all he deserves. So Jack is off trying to brave the M25 and getting through all the loonies uh, protesting. See if he can make it over to his friend's wedding. So it is just myself, everyone's favourite curry kitten, although clearly not because no one turned up, except for Stephen, who's over this Hello, side. Everyone's also here. favourite Stephen with a silly moustache. And he brought Hello, his everyone. amazing moustache with him, <laughs> which is great stuff. And we're, we're, we're coming into a week. I don't know how it's been for you, Stephen. You're not a million miles away from me, but in my area of the woods, it has been torrential downpours and sort of 40, 50 mile an hour wind absolutely awful some of the worst weather i've seen for a long time yeah it was the sort of weather where i thought oh a break in the clouds the sun's come out oh it might it looks like the the pavement's dried a bit and i go and try and walk around the park and like almost slide over and fall on my ass in the first 20 yards so yeah it's not great for flying i don't think and there's already standing water on the field where i usually fly so it's discouraging me a little bit that's the thing, isn't it? This is the time of year. And it, it's looking better tomorrow. I've actually got batteries charged up. And one of the problems I have, I don't know about you, is after I haven't flown for a while, it's been like at least three weeks for me. Aside from like forgetting how to and like not really remembering what it's like, I also have like projects built up. And it's to the point that I can only take half of what I've got ready to fly with me. And this means that I'm taking far too much stuff. Like there's about... 20 batteries coming with me, two radios, two goggles, three models, and a backpack I won't be able to carry. And if anybody knows the field that I fly in, which looks very nice during the summer and all green, if you looked at it last winter, you're like, why are you flying over a lake? And it's not. That is the field. The field just holds this water together. So if you don't take off and land in the exact place, mm-hmm. you are digging a quad out of slurry, essentially, because it's that that field is, is 90% cow poo let's face it yeah I, well, I don't have cows but what i do have is an area that's basically marshland and and it just fills up with water exactly the same i've also been gathering things i have since we last spoke i think I might put this in the last show i have a strange wing contrivance oh he's got it well we don't know exactly what's going on there but it seems to have wings and i got a receiver for that hello jack the flaming woofler seems to be. Jack, what are you doing here? I just, I just talked you up a storm about how you couldn't come you're and supposed you were supposed to be not drinking bravely with a big old crew. Um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll leave half past, but sorry, I'm a little late. 
I had to get something to eat. That's okay. We weren't expecting right. we, we thought you weren't here at all. No, I couldn't. It, I felt sorry for you guys, admittedly. I could have left earlier, but, you know, there's only, it's only us three hardcore blokes now. I'm making you a thing, Jack. This is an oh. Express LRS joystick adapter. It takes a USB-C. I put a cable in there. So that right. it, it's glued. You can't quite see how badly it's made from this distance, but it's not held in with any sort of fancy clips. No, I, I've used glue. Um, it, right. It's fa- fairly easy to remove glue. It's my favorite welder brand glue that I use for absolutely everything, but it's nonetheless nice. glued. Thank you. I very much appreciate it. Um, I fixed this. Uh, the OSD Ooh. now works for oh. now. You put the smoke back in. That's yeah, exceptional. and I've I've got to figure out how to power the transmitter up to you know. What's a, the secret then? How do you put smoke inside a chip? Uh, I I didn't smoke it. It was well, it was it was smoking a little bit, but there was a short like <laughs> uh, on the video, so it's probably done nothing any good. So sorry, what was shorting? You just uh, linked a power pin to something. Yeah, power pin to the video pin on the Ooh. VTX side. That's got a zing. I know. So, yeah, I think I think the um, I, I, I'm guessing it just because it wasn't full on negative, it didn't it didn't completely short and blow clear, and maybe that's good because it was because it was a bit of a George Michael, you know, careless whisker. Um, I'm thinking not much current could get through, and that's, oh, that's how good. everything survived. Well, excellent to hear that. Yeah, Jack and I were, were meddling away on, on Discord looking at this the other day and went back to Beta Flight 3.2, I think we were on, just Ooh. tooling around trying to see what would work and what wouldn't, and went yeah. as far as building a, a custom build of Beta Flight for, for this weird old quad. I got got quite intrigued by it. Yeah, it should be quite an experience. I'm hoping that maybe, you know, next year we can sort of like all meet up and, uh, you know, sort of present this to two people to fly and, you know, kind of have fun with and just talk mm. about the good old days. I mean, there's no, there's no D shot. There's no yeah, adaptive filters. There's nothing. You know, you were, you were talking BL Heli S. And I'm talking BL Heli. Yeah, it's got yeah. like plain ESCs on there. It's it's going to be really yeah. rough because it won't be able to control the motors that fast at all. Uh, and yeah. this is where I say things like luxury. Back in my day, we didn't have D shot. We just had wet gravel. This this is one of the ones I'm flying tomorrow. I decide to see how it, how I'm doing for my ten years. And this isn't quite ten years old. The tricopter is, but this is as I found out, is running Kling Flight 1.9, which is awesome, and is oh. essentially just a bundle of wires stuck in a frame. Bind blades, Clive. You're lucky. Yeah, zero. Zero angle on that camera. This is going to be fun. Is Swires it a proper board S. camera? Yeah, it's the, the old oh. PZ old 420. Jeez, man. Yeah, what, I wouldn't, what I wouldn't give to get one of those. Where you have to break uh, off the circuit board to make it small enough to fit. Oh, that that, that was that was something that came after this. And when I took it off, I, I opened it up to see what was in there, 
So I was making a video about this, and essentially it was just bits of glue and wire stuck together all in this big lump, and I had to like unpeel all this glue to find out what was under it and try and find the OSD. It was, it was quite nasty. It's horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. I was half tempted to get one of these NMR250 frames and just chuck um, some MyFlight Zing 2 motors on an H7 flight controller and just YOLO it and see what it could do. But it's pointless doing that yeah. in a way because the arms are literally like bits of Jello-tastic. paper. Jello-tastic. Yeah, you know, like my... This is a top plate for um, a... <laughs> Yeah, I suppose you'd need to hold it back to something like 1806 motors. If you want it bigger than that, it'd just vibrate itself to pieces. The the top plate of an Apex is the same thickness as the actual arms. Two millimeter arms, wow. Yeah, something like that. And that is a new, you know, that's an Apex, which is like five. That's that's thinner than my three and a half inch quad frame. That three and a half has got three mil arms. It's awful. I mean, this is this has been beefed up, you know, with the use of the PDB. But you know, like it, this, you know, it's not even the full. You don't even get a full bottom plate with this version because the well, original. I suppose version, that's where the hot glue came in to reduce resonance, right? You had to just like caulk it up with hot glue to absorb the vibration. Oh, it was uh, well, we 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 weren't even that advanced then. Like I like Curry's approach because he has got period correct stuff, and it's like a snapshot of and the past. But you know, well, that's because always... I haven't changed it. it. It wasn't it wasn't sort of rebuilt for this. This is just something that sat on the wall, being nostalgic, a bit like the tricopter. I did find I last touched the tricopter five years ago, just to see how it flew, and it didn't fly very well. So now didn't I've had you... to sort of. Re- Revised break. how to set up the KK2 or something. Didn't you break a motor off? Yeah, when it was, um, it, it because the tricopter's big, I had it I've unfolded on the floor so I could try and work out how to arm it because it was stick arming and I couldn't remember what the stick positions were. And when I was walking out the door, I sort of tripped over it and one of the motors got snapped off the legs, which is, uh, Slightly embarrassing, but they are just held on with zip ties, so or cable ties, as we call them here. So I just got some more cable ties and put it back on. All sorted. It occurs oh, to me works. that this quad that Jack's building is kind of like Grandpa having a classic sports car in the garage, and they just sort of polish it and build it and get it just so. Then maybe one day a year they take it out, drive it five hundred yards and back. Yeah, we. We were kind of doing that with Frank because Frank had, you know, before um, something changed in Heli where I can't actually flash uh, the uh, you, these, oh God, what were they like? Emacs, 12 amp ESCs. I flashed those so they could, you know, like you change the bootloaders, you can actually flash or heli onto them but i just couldn't seem to get it to work anymore which sucked but that, was that this was using the, the old style of flashing where you had to disassemble the esc and sold all the wires to it and then use that's that's the proper flashing isn't it that's yeah. when you knew you were doing something special i think i've still got that said esc because like i kind of 
I kind of left it thinking, do you know what? One day, you know, one day I'll, I'll do that. And I kind of left like what I can only class as like little breadcrumbs for me, myself, so that when I came back to to actually do, you know, make my own ZMR, you know, before the, the old parts disappeared. But yeah, that was, you know, the old Arduino. And you, you used to have to, to flat. I just couldn't, I couldn't seem to get it to work. Yeah, I think I did reason. the same thing. I think, I think these are uh, the plush ESCs, which I managed to flash to BL Heli. And this is the original BL Heli. And it doesn't really actually do much. I think it might, it might stop the motors when you go to zero throttle, which isn't very useful because there's no air mode back then so if you just yeah. took your throttle down it would just fall out of the sky i've, I've got to say jack's um, attempts to get bl heli up and running with pwm mode did not inspire confidence because there was a lot of is it is it going to set the correct endpoints? oh it doesn't seem to have done that oh oh no it's spinning oh i seem mm. to have set I seem to have set minimum throttle as 2000 oh oh wait now it's not running now it is oh now there's smoke it's just <laughs> it is oh. it is like that. There is there is an old Rotor Right episode where, you know, like they're they're interviewing Sharpo and it's at the you know, like the when Schizo won the freestyle, it's that place where they kind of like built like towers out of um like little gantries and that and Cut long story short, we had a bug at one point where you were if you plugged your quad in to the configurator and you hadn't removed your props, it just went to like full throttle. Uh and that was that was a thing for a while. But he he had he had that where that happened and it was just on full power and the other thing was like props back in the day would break. And um, so you'd, you know, luckily like you could kind of like, you know, they would snap and the thing wouldn't properly take off. But it was that point where blades were now um, the indestructible blades. So it, it st started up, throttled up, and then you they were just trying to kick it like you know they were like ki killing it like a, it was a, like some sort of wild animal trying to kill them and uh it put, was put a foot on the thing and yoink the yeah oh, man yeah. you couldn't get anywhere near it like it was uh it was terrible yeah and again it's fun when things go wrong i think there's still a video for and i think this was from rc shin where he had he'd done a flight on some sort of quad and he'd he'd landed it and he could not get it to disarm. So because it was it was sort of bouncing as well, and then you got some guy coming on with a broom trying to bash it down and, and trying to, like someone's trying to reach under to get the battery plug. Really good video. Fun to watch when, when things go crazy. I just, yeah, I don't know. It's like, uh, you know, the retro, the retro quad build, you know, kind of like going, going back to it. Hmm. Yeah, I can see the appeal. I'm just, I'm so used to like quads that you can just like wail on, you know, put, push them to full throttle, 
flip them upside down. Like, well, well, I think it was you or someone else was complaining because I kept doing it when we were meeting up by the by the towers, and then just like hurling it over our heads, keeping the camera tracking on us, and just like inverting at the midway point, and then just like wait till I'm about a foot above the ground and jam the throttle and just stop dead, and then punch out and do exactly the opposite thing in an arc over our heads. Uh, so I've got lots of good footage at the top of our heads as I sort of like punched out in a, in orbits, like go describing semicircles over our heads. And I'm just not sure whether I'd feel confident doing that type of flying with these quads. <laughs> they worry me. You talk about them. I think you've had to really adjust the style of flying and just tame everything down a lot. Oh, you would. Like that one I've got only runs on 3S and it's pretty heavy. And so you have to think if you go into a dive you have to go full throttle about three seconds before you normally would because there's such like a hang on, thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it, coming back up slowly, slowly, slowly. Oh, just missed the ground, luckily. So all manoeuvres were done very high and the throttle wasn't dropped because then the props would just stop and you'd fall. It was very different. Yikes. Here, here you go. I found, I found the video. We'll probably get a... Um... Wobblecopter. Yeah, we'll probably get a channel channel strike, no doubt. But for what? Um, will it? Will fair it, use. Will it play it? If it's can twenty seconds or under, it? I believe that's fair. Fair use. Can you hear it? Yeah, can you hear it? Yeah. Yeah, I know what I'm doing. I'm sharper. <laughs> <laughs> so then, so then uh, we plug it into the computer. 2000 to set it to calibration mode it goes off the ground and i just remember going like like this <laughs> and the thing is coming towards me and i keep hitting it i was with two friends they're looking at me going like this and i'm going like this with the quad <laughs> then they come in then we start kicking it i managed to push it this way and then sergio was wearing yeah when you throws her out flip-flops oh. so he's going like this oh. <laughs> he wants to step on it. He doesn't want to lose his toes. So then I, so then I managed to like, literally, it's not stopping moving because I'm using the dal props V2, so they're not breaking. <laughs> the props are not breaking, and it didn't cut my finger and my leg, and, and it didn't broke. They kept spinning, so we start kicking it, <laughs> literally kicking it. <laughs> we were killing an animal at that point. <laughs> <laughs> It was, yeah, it was, it was like that back in the day. I mean, you, you, you had, you, you had a like little, little taste of that with me, you know, being like, you know, like hearing the ESE calibrate and stuff. And uh, when, when I was setting up my quads, it, it wouldn't save and reboot, it would just save. So then you had to go to the CLI. And then exit the CLI, and it would reboot. So me and Stephen yeah. are like trying to trying, trying to, to change the board orientation, and we're like, yeah. "What the hell is going on? It's not changing." We change it like zero, ninety, hundred eighty, two seventy. It's not making a blind bit of difference. What's going on here? Mm. And and then we go to the ports chap, and he's like, "You're going to like this." And that there's only two ports. There's no USB VCP. It doesn't exist. It's an F one hundred three. Doesn't yeah. apparently doesn't do it. <laughs> He was like, why don't you use another UR? I was like, there is no other UR. We are using all UR. And like we're using both of them. 
yeah, one like, of those yeah. we need for the USB port, mate. So we can either have USB port or OSD, all right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing else. Like, yeah, yeah. And he's just like, what the? And the the whole idea of that, you know, like USB was never that accessible. You kind of just used to set it up and leave it. Because the whole idea is you plug into the quad through the back of the quad. I don't know what he was thinking. You know, like you kind of had a a board on top, kind of like where you get to, and then underslung batteries or something. I don't know. It's it's weird. And it's like a CP one oh two, like a separate chip that does USB to serial. It's like having a an FTDI basically built yeah. onto the board. It's not incorporated in any way. Absolutely no. nuts. And I was looking at the F three oh three and thinking, oh, maybe now we've got cloud builds for beta flight, maybe I can like carve off enough features to do an F three build. Didn't manage to set up the libraries and peripheral drivers properly to do it. I might get there eventually, but yeah, this thing's got 128k of flash, and that release they decided that they were going to disable ESC pass through, so that they could keep like barometer support. It's like that little memory that it was either be able to read a barometer or do the BL heli pass through. But there's just mm. no no space on that chip whatsoever. So yeah, I found the. The, the board defines, and I, I did a custom build, and I disabled barometer and re-enabled the ESC pass-through and got that working, but, oh, my word. It's just, there's no, 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 it's not enough hardware to really do anything at that point. It's it's nuts. It is like that, you know, like, I, I remember when F3 boards come out, and it was just like, you know, we... They they honestly believe that why you know why would you need anything else you know you've got you've got enough room there, there's so much room for activities OSD you look is at dynamic filters boring. and I swear the dynamic filters are just not available for the F they don't mention it but no I'm pretty sure that dynamic filter support was simply never added for F1 because there's not enough storage space and likely not enough resources because what you're running the gyro at 1k or something it was like a mm. laughable no, it was a two. Was it two K gyro and a one K pid loop? It was like really laughable, and we can we can plug in and find out. It was like fifty four percent CPU running a one K pid loop. I think one K was was, was seen as like it, super quick. Yeah. Yeah. Like whoa, calm down. You know, one K. Yeah, I remember with the F threes, like, if running you a one K loop and sending PWM to the ESCs. Oh, great. Sometimes when I open beta flight, old school, it... uh, it, it You got a little twinge downstairs. (sighs) (laughs) Well, that's one way of putting it. My uh, PC decides to shut all the windows. And DRC wants to know if there's any way to obtain a blackout. I tried. frame. I tried, but this uh, this guy wanted like hundred pound for it or something ridiculous. So it was cheaper than it was when it came out because that's what what got me into yeah, they... the first sort of mini quads was uh, me and my friend looking at this thing saying we can't afford that, and he started three D printing them as a, a reasonable copy, and uh, he for a little while he had a, a little business printing out these frames and selling kits. They worked all right. 
It was only when the likes of the ZMR250 came along that that was no longer a thing. What we got then? What's mm. going on? Look at this. Magic. There you go. For our audio <laughs> listeners, Jack has opened an exceptionally old copy of Beta Flight. Yep. Look at that. Oh, is there are port? not nearly enough tabs. There, there are your <laughs> ports. Notice that there are two whole ports. Configuration. Not luxury. You. To the wall config. One, you're you're running not, not only an accelerometer, but also a freaking 2K gyro. Wow. Yeah. Hot stuff. This is cool. He's got one shot one two five. Again, one shot one two five. When that came out, this is like this is amazing. This is like so much it's, better. It's one up from PWM. Shut your face. Look. One big step you got up, I should P- PWM, one shot, one shot. For it is, it one is one, one up from PWM, but it was still like, you can send a, like a ESC signal so much more often, and thus everything flies better. It's, it's pretty much what was needed to fly mini quads properly, because until that time, if you're on PWM, it was kind no, of like no. you're on big-ass quads could, could just about fly PWM. Everything else looked horrible. So does yeah, 125 what? refer to the in, the signal time for a single signal, or is it the number of updates per second, or what? I've got no idea. You're going to have to Google it. Yeah. So I know there's one shot 42 as well, but that didn't seem to work on Jack's quad, so I'm presuming 125 is the slower one and 42 mm. is the faster one. It's also Rush. got air mode, hasn't yeah. it, if you scroll down? Yeah. <gasps> air mode. Yeah. Is, oh, on. my God. This we is this is what version is this? I can't OSD read your screen. It's too the small. Controller doesn't know there's an OSD. The OSD is is snuck in in the side. Yeah, I might have broke the OSD by plugging is... in USB at the same time. Oh dear, three two five, beta flight and that. configurator ten two or ten three. I think one of the two. Lots of people still actually. like the version three something. Was it? Was it 3.8 3. that we kept going on about? 2.8, yeah. lots of people is going out on a limb, really, at this point. People who, have, who don't want to update like it because they had it working like three years ago, but from 3.5 to 4.3, there is an absolute mountain of changes. You have no RPM filtering. You don't really have an optimized dynamic notch on 3.5. Everything is just that the filtering is much faster and much better on newer builds. So I have a certain sort of super scepticism when people say they fly the older stuff because it probably means they just fly the defaults and they didn't get around to tuning it. 3.5.7 for the wing. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's the latest one. Latest of 3.5, yeah. If you've got an F3, that's that's what you're on unless you're running Joe Lucid's like carved up 4.0 build where you can get RPM filter on an F3, but you have to kind of... Some, if you want to run RPM filter and other stuff, you might end up having to overclock your F3 and then you have to like put in all sorts of hacks because if you overclock it and plug in USB, it stops the USB working. So you've got to make it overclock only when uh, USB isn't attached. Yeah, and the RC is welcome any time to come back. But Are you he... waving that at fail-safe? Sorry. Yeah, fail-safe, yeah. It's, yeah, you flash it back... Flash it to uh, this is the um, Express LRS DIY module that uh, Failsafe uh, provided me, but um, yeah, I, I I flash it back a few steps 
down to two eight or something. And then the symbol, the little logo for Express LRS appears on the screen and that's it. But yeah, the the screen no longer displays anything on three dot Did you ask and on I, their Discord and say, yo, nah. what's up? And uh, I updated this to Edge TX and there's no Lewis script for uh, Crossfire. Weirdly enough, I don't know where the hell to get that. The lower script should yes. still work, mate. Yeah, it's the same thing. Crossfire, Crossfire hasn't changed. Mm. Should be the same lower. If you use HTX Buddy, there's a section that builds out your SD card, and it should upload the default lower script. So I think it definitely mm. does the same. That's sound. what I did. That's what I did. Yeah, so, so the Lua relates to the version of your module. It doesn't matter what version of Edge TX or OpenTX. The, the Lua implementation is yeah. the same. On Tails a lot of love for 357 going on. doesn't yep, need still... science or maths or news. Well, I would still contend it. If, if you're flying this on a quad and everything is spot on, then you like why it. would you bother updating it? If ain't broke, don't try to fix it. But if you like experimenting or there's a feature that you would like but is on a later version, that's that's the reason to update. I think if you're on a 5-inch or you're on a really kind of basic whoop, it's probably good. But there were lots of stuff in between those that just flew like pants on 3.5 and flew a lot better once you got to like 4.2 and 4.3. 4.0 was a problematic release. That didn't help that. They kind of implemented a bunch of new features, but the features weren't totally smooth and ready for consumer use. They were a little bit rough and ready. And they kind of settled down in 4.1 and then 4.2 a bit better. And 4.3 is honestly like just idiot mode, really. You can, you've got presets. You like connect to the configurator and say, oh, yeah, I've got Crossfire. There's a Crossfire preset. Oh, yeah, I've got like a, an immersion RC something video transmitter. There's a preset for that and blah, blah, blah. As we were saying the other day, I think I think it could still be improved. Stuff like uh, we were talking about uh, VTX tables, weren't we? And like, why, why doesn't the protocol saying, hello, you're a VTX, what can you do? And sort of it tells it and it populates the table so you don't get cock-ups in the table and getting things stuck in pit mode because uh, it thinks you're running uh, Smart Audio 2 instead of 2.1, stuff like that. That's happened to a couple of people. She's getting stuck in pit mode because they're on the wrong wrong setting, so oh. they're putting the wrong things in the tables. Those rush tiny tank things, they, they always wanted to just be on pit mode for some reason. It's like some setting, if you le- left them unplugged for too long, they just went back to the la, 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 I can't hear you, I'm in race mode for some reason. Yeah. I, I speak from my own experience getting stuck there. And that's kind of because Rush FPV can't quite work out what version of Smart Audio they should be using. They're saying it's 2.1. And Betaflight's saying it's 2. So you go putting the DBM values in, and it's like, I don't know what this is. I'm going to pit mode. Boom. <laughs> when all you need is 1, 2, 3, 4. Yeah, too much like hard work. Yeah. But um, I really haven't played with 4.3 much, and I do find... It, it's kind of feature overload, and I don't understand the preset stuff when I looked at it because it's like, here is a preset. This is an official one. This is from some man who you don't know, but he says he's he's using the same stuff as you. You should try this. It's like well, I don't know. 
presets are trying to solve the problem of you'd like watch someone's video and they'd tell you a bunch of stuff to bang into the CLI and you'd have to like download a document or a Google Drive thing or copy it off the screen. They solve that problem of like, here's the, the, the five commands you need to type it in a row instead of trying to get them from somewhere and paste them in. It just provides a bank of curated ones that people have sanity checked. I think so. But it's kind of like in the olden days, whenever somebody used to see a video and it used to be good, you'd like to see all these comments saying, what are your PIDs? And it's kind of like, yeah, these are my PIDs on this quad, on all this equipment for me. You can put it on your quad, but then you might just crash it into the ground or it might not work so well for you. It might shake around like a an old uh, jittery grandma, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't. I haven't looked properly at Betaflight. I'm. I'm very much uh, the person you hate, Steve. And I'm like, I've put it on defaults. It seems to fly okay. I'm not looking any further than that because everything confuses me now. I don't understand what all the filters do. I, I understand rates and I understand the bases of like the, the PIDs, and that's about it. But it's like you. You just don't mess with the basics anymore. It's like sliders, presets. Uh, filtering, it's too confusing. So yeah. The presets are there for all the rates and all the filtering and stuff. So, you want to fly with like Superfly's presets or Crunk's presets, and you want to fly with Farouk's rates, then you can just click and beep, beep, beep. It is weird. I, I, I really did struggle with it because, like, I was, you know, there was all these like videos that you would tune in to, um, Bardwell. And he'd be, be like, turn this filter on, turn this filter off. Do the motors get hot? And I'm like, I don't even know where to find those filters. <laughs> you know, it's like, type in this CLI command that's not documented anywhere. It's just like, oh, God, no. Screw that. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, I'm I'm out. I'm out. I, I don't want to know. Yeah. And that's why you went to KISS and stayed there. Yeah. Yeah, basically, because it just got too complicated. I guess know. I'm just mathsy enough that I kind of get that stuff, and for me, it just clicks. It's the way my little brain works. This episode was recorded in front of a live online audience, downloaded and edited to make sense when it's played audio only, censored to please the iTunes people, hosted on the internet, forwarded through to your podcast provider, downloaded, playing on your device, and is now playing in your ears. All thanks to our Patreons. Consider joining them and you'll also get other online benefits. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash let's drone out. How's, um, Swanee, how, how's your transmitter and stuff? Is it all good? We've got, uh, we, we've got someone who could be on Express LRS, but it scares them. What scares you. them about it? Scenario. I think it's just like way too complicated. Apart from the, the psychopaths that are in the community, obviously. Yeah, it's easy. Like once you got it set up and you tell it your Wi-Fi password, it's lovely. But it's getting it to that point <laughs> that the head banging I, I, against the table. Personally, I, I never put ERS on my own network. I just join to ERS when I need to. Yeah, Often. its own network, and then yeah. you know. You can so, you can have it just join to your network and do it a different mm, way. There are options. And you're just like, yeah, like the the home one dot one ten dot zero dot zero dot one. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, curry kitten. Speaking of all that. ELRS, I've got the most ginormous 
module that I'm testing hopefully tomorrow. Oh, that is a beast. This is the, the Radio Master Ranger, and it's got lights and stuff. Oh, let me turn on. Watch these lights. You ready for this? If it goes That's to down. what? Yeah. Look, See? it's got side lights and different LED strips, and it's got buttons, yeah. and you can assign shortcuts to the buttons and things, which is new and different. Yeah, fail uh, safe. It, I'd like my my uh, OLED to work. Please help. <laughs> All I can say is wrong color, fail. Mm. Oh, oh yeah, this is you on your cape. Obsessed stand. in yellow. Uh, someone's got to like it. I like the yellow OLED. It's massive. I don't like the fact that the spin is a bit wonky. It's not consistent. It needs to spin. <laughs> it's quite hard holding your your phone with one hand and spinning a cake stand with the other one. <laughs> Surely you would have like put some motor and gearing in there and said, you know what, I'm going to resolve this problem of this mm, thing. Just like movement. something in there and just like nice and smooth. Yeah, it does look like an awesome transmitter, and it's uh, it's got a metal case and everything, hasn't it? It's a bit of a beefcake. Yeah, it is. It is a it is a giant. Will you be yeah, enabling the two watt mode to keep your hands warm in winter? Technically, it hasn't got it hasn't got two watt mode uh, unless somebody else changes the code. Is is what I believe. You can go to the it, web. It's UI capable bang, of doing it. Bang up the max power to. 2000 milliwatt and change the last character on the power line from a zero to a two and save it. Oh, it just does that two does. watts. I mean, and the don't thing ask is, me how I remember this BS. <laughs> you don't need to go after over 100 milliwatts. I'm going to test it out on <laughs> right on one watt just just for fun, just to see what the difference is. It like unless you do all your freestyle around cell towers, of course. <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- there is there is a potential reason to use high power, and that's if like if you're in a really tricky rf environment you're literally there's an abandoned bt tower but all its antennas are still on and you're flying this as a bando then whack it up to two watts and you'll have a good time i don't know if you get any video but you'll at least if have you want to fly the russian woodpecker but it's live for example that's yeah, sort of useful sort of thing hmm. but yeah um, hopefully fingers crossed the uh, the weather doesn't change tomorrow and i can go and test it out along with some other stuff it's a big gamble. Anytime I think it's dry, I go out there and slip over on my ass. So not flying for a while. Hence all the whoop builds. Yeah, I've I've got my specific FPV outfit. I have I have boots. I have uh my my I've got name uh tarpaulin sheet put down. So I've got mm. somewhere dry. Keep nice. away from the cows so, if so I can. Efficient. And and the, the I know the caravan site there is closed at the moment, so I might be able to go in there, and uh, then the cows can't get me. This is this is all good stuff. That's that's the hope. Chair and a table. Up. That's what you want. Chair and a table. I did used to take a chair with me, but now I just sit on the floor on my on my special tarpaulin, which I bought from just the pound shop. Stand up if it's wet, surely. Yeah, it depends what I'm doing. It's like um, sometimes I'm lazy and I'm out of puff from stomping through the field and being chased by cows. So I'm going to sit down and it's like I, I can use the old, the excuse Thank of like, you know, I want to test the radio more sitting down because it's more difficult for the signal. But yeah, you could stand up if you felt that way. 
I've got one of those little helipad things, but the missus has appropriated the pegs that put it in the ground, so it's kind of useless because you, you hover over it with a quad and it blows off. Um, what is she using the pegs for? I don't know. They just disappeared into the garden and they haven't come back. I have to have words. <laughs> borrowing borrowing my stuff you disappears have to go to a into camping, a shed. Camping shop and, and get some more pegs to bang yeah, down. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys, I'm going to disappear. I'm going to travel up i think good luck so, yeah you, thank you i need it yeah good luck hopefully, hopefully i won't make too much of an ass of myself Everyone is it is it me or have you slightly straightened it. your hair for the occasion i or have bit... i have right. janet mode yeah you've got a part yeah. you've got a parting haven't you mm, well some some say it's very silky frizzy good luck very smooth thank you no worries take care guys look after yourself Bye. All the best. Bye. Almost hit end broadcast. So on to the stories of of Muppets with jetpacks. Tonight's topic, stupid people have yet to kill themselves. Let me... Are you presenting? Started out by looking... It's up to you. I started out by looking at the gravity and I was kind of impressed by what was going on with... uh, Guy Watts's face doing all of his flying, and I thought oh, that's very cool. And then noticed that there's there's this loon who appears to have unlimited funds and just buys as many EDFs as they can physically get their little mitts on. And so, yeah, yeah, that's it. Because he started off. We we both found this at the same time and reported it to each other. He started off with these huge EDFs, and these these are significant amounts of money, and. And they just decided time, not to use them. Yeah, and every time he plugged it in, he's like, oh, smoke's coming out. Stop it a sec. And then he didn't change anything. And then, look, so you see the smoke now. And then he would go back, put it out of a fire extinguisher, and go, oh, that's bad. Let's try it again without changing anything, expecting a different outcome. <laughs> so, he, so he had massive fires from the lipos, um, from the ESCs and these things, you know, these are serious, serious money, yeah. aren't they? So it's, the props it's... inside each of these EDFs for our audio listeners, you're probably looking at a sort of uh, an eight or nine inch prop inside these EDFs. And and he's wired it up with some not too generous cable. So he's probably just simply burning out his solder joints on that cable. And yeah, just isn't really thinking about it. So luckily he, d- he, he decided to have the sort of sensible strategy of, going with lots of smaller jets instead of two well, giant he, ones. He eventually. did actually get to the point where he was trying this out. And what he attempted to do is just rev it up a bit and try jumping and then like would fall over because <laughs> it, it was literally just too much to try and hold on to. So he hurt himself. And yet then he eventually decided like, um, I think he actually probably damaged one of these things that he had a, like a fire and some of the outer shell was damaged and some of the blades were damaged the ESCs and batteries got buggered up. And so, yeah, he bought a whole bunch of uh, small EDFs. Still still not what you'd call a small EDF, though, is it? But he, he sort of figured he wouldn't blow up so much because he was distributing yeah, the power. Maybe a, f- a sort of four or five-inch EDF, but like something like that. Oh, hang on. We're on the, we're on the advertising section. Oh, there we go. Scroll through all that bombings. Yeah, so interesting. Very interesting, but... 
just that there's not a great deal of planning. And here you were calling out his, his safety precautions, which were a bloke on the other end of this rope. Yeah. What's hilarious about this is that there is a bloke holding a rope, but there's no there's no pulley system. And the bloke's not particularly strong. And here's a guy with or like, heavy. EDFs. Yeah. So whenever I was trying to watch it, whenever he sort of loses balance, the guy on the rope just like, well, that hurt my hands. And he just falls over anyway, essentially. So it's, it's pretty useless. And he took a long time trying to work out his talk and having a whole bunch of problems and basically making it worse. He, I mean, he eventually got it so he could do what is essentially a, a, a small flight. If he, if he go all the way at, to the, the Look bottom. at the EDFs. He's got, what, like eight on each hand and a bank on his back that looks like a dozen of them. Yeah, I think, think there's think about people just saving 12 up on the their back. RC jet. Yeah. So oh, he's got, yeah, he's, like, got a, he's got a symbol there. Like, like 20 oh, EDFs. Yeah. So it, maybe he's heavily sponsored. Otherwise, he spent like a couple of grand here on, on EDFs. He, yeah, he said the original big EDFs were like 20 grand or something he spent on it. But he does, he does eventually get to a point where he can hover. It's not, it's not particularly steady, and he's scared to do anything too much with it. But it's, uh, it's, I suppose it's impressive. It's just the fact he didn't really it's have... It's good at 3D modelling. Much of it's, a plan, it's, essentially. It's got the 3D modelling down pat, but it seems everything, like the engineering that isn't 3D modelling, just isn't really working out for him. He's able to draw things and make them look quite pretty, but... Yeah, I was, I was surprised... That's kind of about with Landspeeder as well, that it looks smart but actually the wiring and the safety precautions are kind of non-existent and they just fly on yeah. flying too high so if you watch it all the way through you would have seen a bit where something goes wrong and he's he's trying to get the edf off because it's just got going full there was no shut off switch it's just like let's set it to half throttle and see what happens rather than having, you know, something on a trigger that he could let go and a, a safety switch. So, yeah, the safety thing's not really fought through that well. I think that's his problem. But he's still alive. He's still going. Yeah. And, um, and I, I kind of think, like, quite jealous he's got all this money, but it's just, it's just a shame he hasn't really planned on, on using it sensibly. It's just kind of, yeah, put my life on the line, build this thing, but not really. I mean, they let him fly it this in, in public. It's just it's Yeah, I don't know if he necessarily asked. And I'm not convinced he meant to do the spinny landing thing either. I think he's slightly out of control descending, really. I do like the mask though, that's quite cool. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I suppose we'll see what happens to it. Yeah. Stephen, you said you'd you'd been following this guy for a while. I hadn't come across him till yeah, I, I noticed He's been on my su- subscription feed for a while, and he's done these kind of what people were, were terming hoverboards, where you just have a giant multi rotor and you try and stand in the middle of it and not lose a foot. Um, and he, he, he was doing this as well, evidently having access to quite the arsenal of, of, of motors and ESCs, you know, the sort of things that X class pilots would give an arm and a leg for. And he just appears to have them sort of kicking around which is interesting. Yeah, there's some good footage here, I guess. Let me just share this up. And uh, again, it's this sort of... You see this, the careful careful testing here. I've got a beam to hold on to. I don't think he's actually... (laughs) He's not strapped onto the beam. He's just kind of like, yeah, I can do a pull-up on this. It's going to be fine. I can't can't see where there's there's a throttle. 
Like who's who's controlling who's controlling the power? Where's where's the where's the cutoff switch? Yeah. Yeah, so an aluminium frame with a lot of quite large sort of X-class motors, probably running uh, 10, 13-inch props. And um, yeah, great results because it's lifted off the ground. But he's having to hold on to a beam to save his life. Which doesn't exact... That's not really what you want. A tethered would be good, but you can't fly anywhere if you're holding on to a beam. Perhaps you could detached a beam and take it with you yeah maybe or you just have like instead of a guy that walks down the road with a flag you have a guy that just carries a beam down the road in front of you exactly yeah that was got this a, a, a little bit video. further in, in in other videos but i, I wonder why people have, have stopped doing these I, I do wonder whether everyone involved has just come a little bit too close to losing their life and, and stopped doing this stuff this looks, for all the world, like he's got a Tyrannus there and he's just kind of flying this thing. Flying it because he couldn't work out, like, oh, really, I want manual controls. It's like, oh, that's no, too much hassle. Let's just carry on with the radio control. and we'll oh, no, he's, got, he's got a lead running into that thing, so it's not Lord alone. No I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just the fact that like people do it and then they're like, well, now what? It's like there's, there's nowhere to go from here because this isn't. It's not going to be a commercial product, yeah. and I'm not going to fly it around the park. It's like I'm just going to get my truck and take my massive, <laughs> dangerous, unlicensed flying vehicle to just just have a play around. Yeah, I think that speaks to the the fact that it's very easy to get six foot off the floor with some giant jets, but it's really, really, really difficult to safely travel a kilometer at say a hundred meters off the ground. Exactly, you never I mean, see it's kind them of go, like oh, I'm going to go do that. It's kind of like the guy that built that coaxial helicopter. He's still very much in hover mode, a couple of feet off the ground. He, and it's like, well, you know, I don't blame him, but you, you know, at some point you've got to or get off the pot, haven't you? Will this thing fly properly, or are you just going to forever hover it around your uh, local park or whatever it is? Getting in and out of ground effect must be really tricky with these big vehicles as well, because you go from. Mm. To get to the predictable aerodynamics, you have to go through the really rough aerodynamics of being stuck in ground effect with getting lots of air bouncing off all the uneven surfaces and not giving you a nice consistent thrust profile. Well, that's the thing. And the guy with the helicopter, he's literally sitting in ground effect and he's he's moving around a lot. And I feel he'd have a better time because, you know, we've all gone and sort of hovered things before mm. and that can be much more difficult than just literally flying forward 10 or the only time it's easy to be like a couple of feet off the ground is when you're ripping along with a lot of forward speed and you're not in dirty air but if you come to Mm. a halt and you try and hold that same height hover in dirty air you just get buffeted around a lot by your own deflected thrust that's it the enthusiasm's great andy i think that that that's got no quibble with that it's just kind of gives the impression that everyone involved with this is kind of a bit amateurish, which is a shame. Because I think honestly think if some hobbyists, people who've built big X-class quads or built you know, even 9 or 10-inch stuff and who've got good flight profiles out of them, like I think it was Numskull who was, who was building some giant quads recently. If people like that were to apply the same engineering skills to something like this, then... You know, they may not really want to put their lives on the line, but I think they do a much 
better job producing something that was flyable, whereas it seems there's some YouTubers with, with a lot of money or maybe the occasional engineer who just thinks I'll, I'll go have a go. And he did have great engineering skills, but there was no prior experience from flying anything else that was being translated into that. Well, I suppose you never know. Sometimes this sort of like the, the, the amateurism of it puts it on kind of its jeopardy. And that's, that's mm-hmm. kind of what you need in exciting videos. Like, will I succeed or will I die? Cause if you just, sit out to build something and like i'm going to do this this and this sorted and then you build perhaps that's not exciting because you haven't got the jeopardy of like will it work look it's on fire isn't that exciting i'm still going to ride it colin first is an example who manages like both jeopardy and like half decent engineering i feel so it Mm. it can be done yeah he he doesn't make it look easy but he's I was going to say he's relatively safe, but he's not really. I suppose he's well, more like measured risk taking, isn't he? Yeah, like he, he, he was. Oh yeah, but he's still doing like seventy miles an hour on crazy little things without like a helmet on and, and stuff like that. Yeah, and, but like, with gas you... safe certification, mate. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what matters. <laughs> yeah. So, la- moving on. Last week, um, I showed you that video of that ornithopter with the incredible mm. wings, which looked very much oh, like a bird, and I was so taken with this stuff i was like can i find myself someone who's actually making these things and that will will, will sell me one or, or get me one because i thought this looks really interesting i thought no one's no one's flying them fpv either i think that might be really interesting and i there was this one called the gogo bird which is this sort of very basic um almost like th- that dji funny motion controller thing and it literally just flaps wings and i was like that's not very exciting but that was about two hundred dollars not bad i went on to rc groups and i found this one guy that seemed to be making them and trying to sell them unlike that one japanese guy that seems to be just making them and showing everybody and i'll I'll show Mm -hmm. you um a quick video from this or perhaps two videos so we've got this one here uh, and if we look at this, wow. this this is one of his birds, and this is I think is he going to be the two or three meter version, like an albatross. Yeah, and I, I suppose you could nitpick and say the wings don't quite come down, perhaps as far as a regular bird, but the articulation on the wing, I thought that's really impressive. That's mm. that's very cool. And he's got like a proper company. It's called Bee Eater, and he's made a range of these things. And there is this one, and I I got, got in contact. Doing doing my normal thing and and basically trying trying to get as free products if I can do, which doesn't necessarily happen. I would never expect it, but I was like, hey, I've got this YouTube channel, and if if you ever feel like reviewing stuff and want something, then I, I can help you. And um, he's like, oh no no, these 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 cost me an awful lot to put together, and there's all these research and uh, design things, and yeah, I've got a factory to pay for on stuff. And it's like, okay, fair enough. Yeah, you're a small you're a small company. You're not one of the sort of big bang good people or anything. So it's like, let me know how much they are and I'll, you know, I'll see what I can do. Cause I've got Patreon. Maybe they'll be interested in seeing what it is and stuff like that. And I was kind of expecting him to come back with like, you know, you know, this is like $400, $500. He did say he's got a smaller one, which I shall also show you as well called. um, And there is a, a non articulated wing version, which uh, at first glance, I thought this doesn't sound very exciting. So there we ask how much he's charging for that for the. Big I'm going boy. to come to it. I, I, I'll show you what it looks like first. This is one called 
the silver seagulls. Enhanced. Enhanced. There you go. And this is this has got his little autopilot system in. There's not articulated wing. It's got thought, an autopilot and a seagull. He's got an autopilot and a seagull. Look, I'm not touching the control. It's just flying oh. around. And I thought, well, that's not as exciting, but that still looks a lot better than this other one. And so I said, oh, okay, fair enough. Well, tell me what the prices are. And I have to say I was a little bit taken aback Mm -hmm. because this little silver seagull we're seeing here, $1,099. He said as as a potential partner, he would give me 5% discount. Well, (laughs) I'm going to need it. That other one I showed you. No, it says an old seagull, mate. Yeah, the, the other one I showed you, um, the two meter one, five times RTF, ten times, two thousand seven hundred and sixty nine. Oh. If you want autopilot and data service, it goes up to four thousand one hundred forty nine. And if you go for That's the three meter wingspan, a modest size heli. Three meter wingspan, top spec autopilot, five thousand five hundred thirty nine dollars. Mm. And I said to him. That's a little bit out of my price range. I was like, just to set the scene, because he's like, well, how much did you expect them to cost? And I was like, well, let me tell you, modelers, uh, they're quite price-driven, and most people, when they're looking for a new plane or a new quad, they're looking at two to $300. If they're digital, perhaps a bit more. But two to $300 is, is what you get with a, you know, a, a reasonably quad, you'd go at like $500 more higher spec. And he told me that just to send it, FedEx would be two to three hundred dollars. I was like, "Okay, <laughs> that's that's insane." I I don't think anybody outside of the pure enthusiast market will take it. I, I said to, I got a plane from China, plane included for a hundred quid. I know the, the shipping. I suppose I it's know, Japan. So I, they don't have the volume, but no, this is China. This is this is the, a Chinese guy. That tell Japanese you what this does recommend me if you say no thing. one spends that amount on a plane or a quad right and there we have left out one crucial group of hobbyists curry one crucial group that i have been chatting to this week which is heli pilots and apparently heli pilots will spend three grand on a machine that breaks and eats itself as soon as it touches the ground with a slight bump so ah, you make a good point here. So are. we're talking about the sort of 700, 800 size yeah. helis? Big 700 size, maybe three grand a pop, fully loaded. So three grand. Does, does, does it cost two to three hundred dollars in shipping? I don't know. Never tried to ship one. There's a lot of metal in it, though. But, uh, so uh, the, the sad conclusion of this tale, before we segue into helis again, is mm. I'm not able to get one of these because I can't afford it. And we've chatted back and forth sparrow? about Does he do economics. It, even if he did, I, I feel the um, the shipping might be more expensive. Once mm. once I get through more of my other projects, I'm going to look at building it myself because that's mm. how stubborn I am. I was like, I can't pay for that, but I will I print it and make try and make it myself. Because okay. um, with, with all due respect to James Bunton, who is a, a, a really good engineer, and tried to do an ornithopter. He's really good at robots and stuff, but I've never seen him fly anything else. So maybe I'm coming with a slightly more expertise in flying, even if I'm like a caveman when it comes to knocking stuff together. Mm. That's something. I saw his ornithopter. It did remind me of a pigeon having a seizure. Yeah. I I feel... Describe its elegant flight. 
I feel there's stuff you can do there. I feel if you had some sort of sensors so you know where each wing is, that you could mm. do a bit more with it. And you could you could certainly do some joints in there. Because whenever you're just doing this flapping, it's a little bit yeah. it seems a little bit out of control. There's there seems more to do. Exactly. But you need independent we'll wings so that each you can control the roll with the wings. That's what you need. Yeah. And it, it seems it seems not too hard to change the up flap and the down flap because they just literally do this. Whereas it, it seems quite easy to, to joint the wings. So when they come up, like when a bird strikes upwards, he, he's not old. keeping his wings flat. He, he keeps them in so he doesn't resist all that wind and, and spoil his list, lift. And they also, so, the, the upstroke and downstroke are not the same amount of time. There's like a quick upstroke and like when you're swimming, a kind of slow push down and then quick up. And Whereas mm -hmm. I think a lot of them are just kind of, they're just like that. Yeah. It's not. Exactly. Yeah. Really sophisticated so in terms out. of the motion. Be interesting. You, you had a good, you had a good segue here into helicopters because I know you I were did, talking about rotor flight I, a little bit. I was fascinated by this, despite the fact that I've never really flown a heli other than one which I think I, I won at a conference, which uh, is IR controlled and absolutely bobbins, basically the Christmas cracker toy version of helicopters. Um, I was fascinated that a group had taken Beta Flight and they turned it into rotor flight by rewriting the PID controller and having all this tail assist stuff that would enable the tail to do your, your, your. I thought that was pretty awesome. And someone popped up in chat and said, I want to run OSD. How do I do that? And I said, what, what, what? Oh, yeah, we're in beta flight forums. You, you run OSD by enabling the OSD. And they said, no, 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 no. I'm running rotor flight and I want to enable OSD. I need MSP OSD for my walk snail enabled helicopter. And this was Ooh. caught me on the back foot. And I thought, well, that's, that is unusual. That's not something you hear about every day. And I, I said, well, what, why can't you just enable a feature? And he's like, well, I enable a feature. It just, just doesn't turn on. And then we found out they'd actually hardware disabled it and they'd removed a whole load of the bits of code that are used for OSD. And we kind of went back and forth and ended up uh, telling the guy which bits of code to change. And he got a custom build that worked with his walk snail and stuff. And I was just fascinated by it. He showed me some of his flight videos without the OSD and surprisingly smooth for a heli. I'd seen heli um, videos before where it, it honestly looked like someone had attached the camera to a hammer drill and was waving it around. Um, and then this thing was... It's pretty good. It was surprisingly good. Um, so, I, yeah, kind of got in touch with Dr. Rudder, um, probably not his real name, um, and, and just had a bit of a natter about it. And it's a fascinating little project. They've taken Betaflight 4.2 and just put a whole bunch of heli stuff, and they've got a special heli configurator. And apparently it, it is the only open-source heli flight control firmware because most of the heli stuff, due to its kind of lack of availability and lack of competition, is all closed source and costs an arm and a leg. And, uh, yeah, it's just fascinating to find out about this stuff. It seems cheap, and you, you can take some little Whoop AIOs and put them in smaller helis and bigger helis. You can put, like, F7 flight controllers and your Beale Heli 32 ESCs and all that. It's um, just an interesting project. Yeah, sounds it. I quite like the idea of GPS hold as well. If they get around to that, when I'm, mm -hmm. I, I kind of need the panic button to say, "Uh oh, it's gone wrong." 
Click. Yeah. Fortunately, I'm out of trouble. GPS again. and barrow hold as well, for, because barometer is a lot more specific. Uh, it drifts a little bit over time, but you want to like lock in a height with a heli, and the barometer hold will just lock it in there. So yeah, very interesting little project. Interesting. Yeah, someone recommended it to me when I was was starting out with the little heli I've got, and I said that's possibly a little bit too small for me to fiddle around with and, and get that sorted in there. But um, yeah, it's certainly interesting. It's, it's interesting as well, because although we think as like, you know, FPV quads is quite a large community. If you think about the sort of traditional modelers in the clubs running helis, there must be probably more more guys doing that than are actually Well, apparently much, the, well, the, the guy on this project said that the quads are way more popular and he had hardly anyone, had less than 100 people using Rotoflight and there are people who wanted to breathe new life into their old helis, but essentially they've just got one and a bit maintainers for the whole project. And, and it's hard to convince heli pilots that they should use this because they just don't want to trust anything except the flight controller it came with because there's so much money in the air. And so mm. they're deliberately using older versions of beta flight because you know they, they don't want any surprises. It's a very interesting community when it's hard to test anything. With a quad, you test it. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's trying to fly off on its own. Oh, never mind. Hang on. Let me just disarm it and go and pick it up. With a heli, you're like, yeah, that's it's the ground in the bin. It's just spread over a field now. Crazy. Very interesting. Interesting. Completely opposite mindset. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, we've got we, our Patreons up now, so we're out of time. We have. We, we've reached the end of the show. And uh, yeah, we, we'd like to thank our patrons. Thanks so much for helping us with the show. All the, the money goes into paying things like editors and fees to put stuff on Spotify and hosting and stuff, and it keeps us going. So we thank you all. And uh, yes, as Caroline says, turbine model jets are multi-thousand pounds too. Yeah, you're right. They're like, can go 10 to 20 grand for a, a, a decent jet there. So that is more expensive than a model bird. But I kind of feel that while a jet turbine has a jet turbine in it, a flying bird still has a brushless motor and you see in a couple of servos. So An it's still... artisanal, artisanal handmade flying bird. Yeah, made in China. Yes. Uh, anyway, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks to all of you guys. Uh, thanks for joining us. And we'll be back to an amazing free people once again for next week. Uh, until that time, say goodbye to Stephen. Goodbye. Have a good weekend. I've been Carrie Kitten, who's everyone's favourite, even though they never show up for us. And uh, we'll catch you in the next one. Thanks for joining us. Happy flying, and Thank we'll you. see you Goodbye. in the next video. Bye. Telemetry lost.